Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC podcast, Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we continued our series called Uncomfortable, and I talked about the idea of uncomfortable people. Talked about why it's important to not only embrace, but to initiate the discomfort when it comes to the people, and especially the people in our church. Today, I'll be joining Donna and John to discuss this Sunday's message. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, well today I am here with Donna and with John, who is his first time on the podcast with us, and we're excited to have uh, them both here. Uh, welcome. Thank you. That's good to be here. Well, um, I'm the one who uh, I gave the message this past Sunday, so as we are here to talk about it, uh, Donna is going to be uh, facilitating our time here together and leading this discussion. Thank you for doing that, Donna, and I will hand it off to you. Sure. I'm glad to do it. Um, just to start, is there anything that you thought about after speaking or anything you wanted to emphasize or reemphasize or take back from the message? The one thing I thought about afterwards uh, regarding the message was that anytime I think you give a message that's uh, prescriptive in nature where you're, you know, step one, step two, step three, um, I hope I didn't come across as making it uh, simpler than it really is, right? Yeah. On, on one hand, I think to to initiate that discomfort with people, especially people that we're uncomfortable with, uh, while you know it's extremely important, and I mentioned that in the message of how significant people are when it comes to church, uh, it's also the hardest thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Oftentimes with church is is the people, right? Um, so that's probably my kind of one big afterthought was, you know, I, I fully acknowledge uh, how hard and difficult it really is uh, to do the things that I talked about doing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, let's start on a positive note and think in thinking about people and let's talk about like the people a church needs. What are the people that you most appreciate? And John, you can think about this in terms of youth group too. What are the kinds of people we need and that you most appreciate in our church? I think the, um, you know, the obvious ones that come to mind uh, that I most appreciate, um, not that I don't appreciate others and, you know, put that disclaimer out there, but those who uh, just serve uh, in ways that are often not seen, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we know about them because we're on staff, but uh, those who are here uh, early Sunday morning, right? Getting, mm-hmm. th- getting ready, set up. Those who come in during the week, whether to prepare things for Sunday, clean, uh, help us set up things. Um, you know, those where it's just obvious uh, that servant's heart that's there. Mm-hmm. I think I look at them oftentimes uh, with both appreciation, but also admiration. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of sad to admit, but there's times where I would look at what they're doing and, and you ask the question, like, would I do that? Mm-hmm. Right. If I wasn't a pastor, if I wasn't a leader, if I didn't work here. And as much as I would love to say, yes, I would, you know, I don't, I don't know. And, and there are things where I, I don't think I would do so. Uh, definitely those people, um, and, and they know who they are, and I'm sure those listening, you can, you, you may know some of them, but uh, that's what comes to mind for me. Uh, how about you guys? I think for myself, when it comes to youth ministry, I really appreciate the kids that can really be themselves, and I think in youth settings, uh, they can really come out and feel safe in an environment and you see all kinds of personalities, and I think uh, we do a pretty good job of that, and kids are able to come to a Friday, and uh, whatever week they had, 
in that setting, they can uh, kind of relax a little bit and, and have a little bit of fun. Mm. And it makes it easier for me as a leader and for the other kids as well to uh, just enjoy the night. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of just people being the people that they are and then doing whatever works for them, whatever ways they can serve and using their gifts. Um, yeah, I think of people, too, that there are people that serve behind the scenes quietly and there are people that just serve in like in different ways at different times, sometimes just stepping up in the moment. And I think all of those people, we just really appreciate all of them. And I definitely don't want to take away from uh, the leaders <laughs> who do serve, <laughs> yeah. you know, on on stage or just they're upfront and visible, and especially those who are doing it as lay leaders, as volunteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, by all means, we, we, we appreciate them. I definitely appreciate them. Uh, and in the many ways, the church is dependent on all the different personalities, different gifts. Um, so, yeah, not that yeah. either of us <laughs> discount what they do, but I want yeah. to make that clear. Yeah, I, we just had a shepherds meeting this last Sunday, and whenever I meet with the shepherds, I'm just always so appreciative of them because they serve in an ongoing way all the time, and then they just step up whenever something comes up as well. So just those hearts for serving and doing whatever they see needs to be done. That's just great. Okay, let's move on. Um, in the book, when McCracken talks about uncomfortable people, he starts the chapter there are some weird people at church, and he lists a whole bunch of people he considers weird, like the know-it-alls or the far-too-happy people or the over-aggressive huggers. And Eric, you took a much more tactful approach that <laughs> all of us could be comfortable or uncomfortable people to others. Um, so let's think about this. What kinds of people are especially uncomfortable for you in general, not just at church, but what are some uncomfortable people in your mind? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question. Um, you know, I think the, for me, um, probably people I don't know, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, the one the you know, as, as, as I mentioned, and, you know, especially for us as leaders, uh, pastors, we recognize when new people are here, visitors are here, um, they're probably the ones I'm most uncomfortable with. Not because I don't like them here. Obviously, love having them come. But you know, I think I'm always naturally insecure, intimidated. So just the idea of walking up to some someone new, uh, introducing myself, getting to know them that that initial feeling, you know, is is probably the one I'm the most uncomfortable. Um, you most of the times when I engage in a conversation, that's okay. But I think just that that moment before when when you see them and you feel this. I, I need to go talk to them or I want to talk to them. To be honest, that's probably where I'm the most uncomfortable, intimidated, nervous. Um, you know, I think personally, you know, people who are, are critical, <laughs> that that's always hard. Yeah. And especially if you, you know, receive criticism from them or, you know, they're just unhappy with you for whatever reason. Uh, I'm not going to lie. That's, that's not easy, right? Yeah. It's easy to want to avoid them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But those would probably be the two uh, up top my list uh, that come to mind. That's interesting, though, that you talk about not being able to talk to new people. Because when I watch you, it seems like you're really good at that. You know? <laughs> so, so you cover it very well, or or you fight it very well. <laughs> it's definitely a fight. Yeah. Well, good to know. That means we can all fight it, right? Yeah. <laughs> How about you, John? Are there any kinds of people that are mostly 
I, I, when it comes to Cerritos Baptist Church, I feel like we do a amazing job at attracting strange people. <laughs> so it's it, it's I, but I think it's one of our strengths. I like being here because I feel comfortable being myself and being who I am to, to the extent of you know saying and doing what I feel comfortable doing because I feel like there's so many of us <laughs> that are kind of like that. So. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> that was well said. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think in my family, there are so many people who are socially awkward, I will say, um, have trouble being positive, who are tend to be, like the only time they talk is when they want to say something kind of critical. So I think those people are hard for me just because I fight that so much when I go to family gatherings. Um, but you're, you're right, there are, you know, in any setting, I don't know if it's just our church. I hope not. But in any setting, we attract, like, different kinds of people. They could be odd or unusual. Um, Rick Warren calls them the EGRs, the extra grace required people. And every church, I think, has them, people who are struggling with mental or emotional health issues or just unusual or odd or struggling with something. Um, and those are the people, I think, that make a lot of us uncomfortable. What do you think the challenges for us are? How do we deal with those kinds of difficult EGR kinds of people? Ooh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's one you know, formula. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a journey for all of us. And I think that's part of our own growth and, and maturity. And, and like I said earlier, right. I mean, how we feel about people to me, I think that's for me, that's the litmus test for myself. Like, mm -hmm. how am I doing? Where am I at spiritually? How's my soul? And if if I'm going to be honest, it's kind of the gauge is how I'm how I'm feeling about people. You know, so if I find myself easily irritable or impatient, annoyed, uh, then that usually tells me, you know, while I might have every reason to feel that way, that there's something in me that could grow. Put it that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So. You know, I always uh, look to the passage where Jesus is on the cross, right? And those who have beaten him, tortured him, mocking him, you know, they're standing there and they're jeering him as he's suffering, right? And he looks upon them and he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing, right? And all he feels towards them is this compassion. <laughs> so to me, that's the, that's the bar, right? That's the standard that Jesus sets for us. So I'm always like, okay. If I don't feel that, then there's something in me that could grow, hmm. uh, right? That's, you know, now whether I, whether I can do it myself or not, of course not. You know, that's something God has to change. Mm -hmm. But at least it tells me, okay, well, there's something in me, you know, and that's where um, I think kind of recognizing that first um, so that I can see those people the way that God sees them, that mm -hmm. he can enable that so that I can feel that kind of compassion, Um yeah, that's that's for me. I think an important step of at least recognizing where where we can grow mm -hmm. in that, and then how God leads us and how He navigates us on that journey yeah. um, is, I think, different and unique for for everyone. Mm -hmm. That's a good word, compassion. When we think about those people, and I think for me, sometimes I feel like there are a lot of people that just need to be heard, need to be listened to, who need to be able to tell their stories and. And sometimes over and over. And I'm always so proud of people when I see those people that are difficult for me. Um, and generally, they're people that don't come regularly. But 
then I see other people listening to them and hearing their stories and sitting with them and praying for them. And um, I think our church is just really blessed with a lot of people with just listening, caring, compassionate hearts. So that's just a real blessing to me, I think, to see that. Um, it challenges me to do it more. Um, it's easy to try to avoid people that are difficult, but to be compassionate and to be caring towards them is, is, is a real challenge, I think, for all of us. Hmm. When it comes to youth ministry, for me, it makes total sense for kids to need extra grace. Hmm. So that's yeah. very, uh, yeah, easy for me to approach. If I see a kid and it's, it's like, ah, oh, something's wrong with that kid. We, we need to work <laughs> with this or whatever. It's just, oh, no, it's like this is part of just a kid growing up. There's hope. There's grace. There's love. Mm, uh, yeah. Let's work with this. So, yeah, I think for youth ministry, that's where, um, yeah, grace is required and grace is needed. And it just makes total sense that way. I think when it comes to adults, yeah, I think <laughs> that's where it gets difficult. Like, wait a minute. Shouldn't, uh, <laughs> shouldn't we be yeah. here already? And. I just leave that part to Eric. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you yeah. do when uh, there is a kid who's a little harder to handle than others? Like I said, I think it is actually easier because it, it makes sense. Uh, the love comes more naturally because like, oh, like I here's someone that's going through stuff or acting a certain way. Let me love on him. And it's, again, I think it's natural for... Uh, someone to reach out to a kid um, in that way than an adult. <laughs> mm. Do you see growth or do you see them changing because yeah, of that? Yeah, and I think yeah. because they're junior high, high school age, you see change almost right away. You're like, okay, this is worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's what's hard with adults is you don't always see change, right? It's like it's the same over and over and over. Yeah. Well, hey, I mean, just hearing John say that, I mean, that's that's why uh, you're a youth pastor, man. And that's I think that's why you're there in that culture you create um, that, um, you know, it's it's not something that you write on paper, but you have that gift. And I think our kids feel it. And it's a place where kids do do come and feel welcome, you know, so appreciate you and, and love you for that. But I, I, I love what you said about um, you know, it's you give the grace because it's kids. That's what they need. It's obvious, you know? And I think the older I get and Donna, please chime in where you begin to realize too, right? Like just because people get older doesn't necessarily mean they become more mature or yeah, healthier. That's right. True. Yeah. So while that's something that, you know, can lead to frustration, it can also lead to empathy and, and compassion because you realize Okay, like in the same way that John's describing, like where you see a kid and you see that they're going through a hard time, it's easy to give grace because you go, well, they're young. Mm -hmm. In the same way with adults, even though on, on the surface it may look like they have everything together, right? The more you get to know them, the more you, it's easy to begin to see, okay, I understand like they're going through hard things too, or they had a hard life, or they went through things where you can feel that same compassion of, okay, they just they just need grace, mm -hmm. right? And, and that's something that's been, you know, I see for me where the more I get to know someone and, and not that I'm like some doctor and I'm always trying to like break down why they are the way they are. But the more you get to know and you understand their story, the easier it is to be compassionate. Mm -hmm. Not that it's easy to be compassionate. <laughs> it's easier. Uh -huh. Right. And I remember when I was a kid, you know, I'd get an argue with my parents. They'd be mad. I'd run to my room. I slam the door. I think to myself, I hate them. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> They're the worst mom, worst dad in the world. 
And there's times where I would just begin to, I don't know why, but try to put myself in their shoes. Like, okay, they were immigrants. They came to this country. They didn't have much. They worked really hard. They, they, and as I'm like thinking about, I begin to feel this like compassion. Hmm. Right? Even as a kid, or I don't even know if compassion is the right word, but you, it's hard to stay mad yeah. <laughs> when you put yourself in their shoes. And I think with a lot of adults, um, you know, regardless of how old they are, to understand, yeah, everybody's um, imperfect. Everybody's has sin in their life, and everybody's been sinned against, mm-hmm. right? So there, we are kind of this, um, you know, we're the result of a lot of different circumstances, and the more we can get to understand that, and it helps, you know, mm-hmm. us to be compassionate. So I love the, the analogy John's making with youth, I think you take that same principle and you apply it to adults too. The difference is they just look older mm-hmm. because they, you know, they're physically older, but in terms of where they are emotionally, spiritually, we don't know until mm-hmm. we, we get to know them. Yeah. Yeah. I think the frustration for me a lot of times is maybe it's the mom instinct or something, but I want to fix people. You know, I want to mm. be able to do something to make them better. Um, so I love that, you know, that it, in youth you get to see that change and you get to see things happen. And I think that's the frustration for me is, is wanting for people to change and to be happy and to grow and to be okay. And I know when I really think about it, I know I'm not, I'm not the person or a person can't make another person change. Um, and so I really value the, the importance of our prayer ministry and people who will sit down and pray with them. Um, but I think that's always a thing I have to fight and get past is that when I care about people and I'm compassionate and I'm listening to them, um, it doesn't mean I'm going to change them or make them better. Um, I can only offer what I can offer and allow God to work in them and to to hope that those listening moments or whatever I can do for them does something even though I can't see it. And, and that's, a, that's a hard thing for me. Definitely. And I think at the same time to not discount what you just described, mm-hmm. sitting with someone, listening to them praying for them, yeah. encouraging them that that is helping to bring about that change. Yeah. We just don't get to control the, the speed of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think by being able to do that and, and you do that well and the way you come alongside Thank people you. and support them um, to trust that God is using that yeah. to, to bring about change. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I think I, you know, intellectually, theoretically, you know, it makes sense to me, but I realize, you know, it's hard and, mm-hmm. and I don't want to, communicate anything like oh this is easy and you just got all you got to do is this and you feel Mm -hmm. compassion i think as leaders you know it is a challenge right whether it's working with the kids your youth staff ourselves adults all different kinds of personalities where uh it's it's it is hard Mm -hmm. and i think anybody who's listening whether it's in their school their workplaces families circle of friends um there are people who will are hard to love. Yeah. And it's a challenge we face every day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Too bad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Heaven. Heaven will yeah. be heaven will yeah. be all good. Um you talked about um in the message that we need to value and affirm one another to empower each person and and I think that's such an important thing. But that we also need to va- be valued and affirmed so that we can value others. So it almost seems like it's a cycle, maybe a vicious cycle. Um how do you think that starts, that the valuing and affirming to empower and then empowering people to value and affirm others so that they can value others? I think it starts with each person um, 
really as simple as it sounds or not simple, but to take the time to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, just that step where it sounds very simple in my mind, it's simple, but I know it's hard mm-hmm. of if each person just took the time to get to know someone better, mm-hmm. to get to know their story, to discover their personality, their strengths, their weaknesses, um, their giftings, you begin to appreciate them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think about, you know, when we talk about going into into nature and you, you go to the ocean, you hike that mountain, you go down that canyon and you're just like, wow. God is amazing, right? Because that's his creation. And, and even though everything is corrupted by sin, you still see his His fingerprints all over it, and it just leads you to a sense of awe, right? Mm. And then I think people, we are the most, his most precious and most valued creation. Mm-hmm. So in theory, as hard as it is, we should be able to, to walk up to each person, right? get to know them, see their story, discover their uniqueness, and have that same sense of awe, mm-hmm. if not more, right? <laughs> right. So, I mean, easier said than done, right? Mm-hmm. But just that idea of as we, we really took the time to get to know each other and, and discover their uni- uniqueness, then I think we, you'd begin to, to value and affirm, right? Mm-hmm. Just like our circle of friends, our, 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 our leadership teams, our staffs, right? Each other, like we can look at each other and be like, this is why I value this is why I value Donna. This is why I value you, John. And I can list off why I value. And those things came not from necessarily tests that you've taken, not from a resume, but just getting to know you, talking to you, mm-hmm. serving alongside you. And those things begin to come to surface, right? Where you go, yeah, this is why I love Donna. This is why I love John. This is why I love Brandon, Nick, mm-hmm. Tina. And we can go off uh-huh. and to go, yeah, if, if each person just began to lean into one extra person. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that cycle would, you know, it, it would take time. It's not going to happen overnight, but um, that's my oversimplistic way of uh, <laughs> thinking how it would work. Yeah, yeah that's really good, though, because I think, um, yeah, one of the things I realize when I'm talking to people is just the importance of being present with them and, you know, making eye contact and listening well. Someone once called me on this because sometimes when I'm talking to people, I'm also looking around to see who else is there and what else is going on and what else needs my attention. And someone once, you know, as I was talking to her and trying to listen, she said, are you looking for someone? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, yeah, I guess I sort of am, but I really don't want you to notice that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the challenge of just being a good listener and, you know, paying attention to people as I'm trying to value and affirm them. <laughs> you know, so there are nonverbal, I guess, cues that we give in order to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And it's a fine line, right? Because, you know, in the message I talked about, like meeting new people, going deeper with people you already know, and to walk that kind of fine line on a Sunday morning mm-hmm. is hard, right? Yeah. Like, well, am I going to float around and meet as many people as I can, or am I going to take the time to just really sit with one person mm-hmm. and go deeper in that in that relationship? And I think, you know, a lot of times we're trying to juggle both and trying to yeah. discern both. Yeah, It's hard and we all get caught. Yeah. Doing the same thing. Yeah. Know, like, oh, I, I better let you go. You look busy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. You you caught me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that like for you, John? I mean, I know for youth on any given Friday, um, even Sunday morning, right? There's a bunch of kids hanging around, uh, wanting your attention, wanting to talk to you. You got the kids that are walking in through the doors uh, for the very first time. You have your youth staff oftentimes need you. Um, how do you balance that? I mean, I think uh, you do such a great job of 
carrying the torch with that. <laughs> you know, I watch you have the time. Yeah, You're yeah. talking to everyone. You're high fiving, uh, you know, the young adults and 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 hugging people. You are everywhere, and then it allows me to, I think, step into you know, I think what I do well too in that. So. I watch you, and it's nice to know that, okay, if the senior pastor can go around and give everyone a handshake, I think I can do that too. And I like doing that. So it's, I think it helps me get off and up and around. And once I get moving, I really enjoy, you know, saying hi to all the kids, going to the seniors and saying hi to everyone and starting up small talk. Yeah, I feel good when I'm up and about and just – Trying to talk to everyone, that's how I feel. I feel like I do have to say hi to everyone in the room. Mm. It's like part of my whatever. <laughs> and, and I think it's good because, again, I think you do such a good job of that. It sets a good tone for myself and for, you know, just the rest of the church. Mm. Yeah, I totally well, agree you. with that. Yeah, yeah. I learned a lot watching you, Eric. So, mm. yeah. oh, Appreciate that. Here's a twenty dollar bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, yeah. Here's Donna. <laughs> Call it even. Yeah. But Nick mentioned this last week about how when we talk to a stranger, we we interact with someone we don't know. We feel good. There's I don't know, Nick was quoting studies, which you know, which is what he does, but you know, he talked about <laughs> he talked about how, you know, it blesses us and John, you mentioned this too, just how it makes us feel good. Um, and I think we have to really emphasize that because it's hard for people to see that that reaching out to someone else or talking to someone that's hard to talk to is going to be a blessing. But it does. It feels good when you do it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've challenged people before to reach out to others, and it seems like such a battle to grow. I think when we remind people there's some attempts and then it kind of dies out maybe. Um, what do you think... Why do you think that's so hard and what do you think we need to do differently in order to, you know, grow as a church that reaches out to people and that talks to people we don't know? Mm. Oh, that's the uh, billion dollar question. (laughs) Uh, And not to say in a critical way where, I mean, I can go think all the way back to days when I first started doing youth ministry and and John was a, a high schooler at that time and having similar conversations with our staff and and our leaders Mm -hmm. of just the importance of talking to people. Mm -hmm. I remember um, in our youth staff, we did this thing called like 2020, seeing with 2020 of just first 20 minutes and the last 20 minutes of youth ministry, like just get out there and talk to kids, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, and just try your hardest not to hang out with each other. Mm -hmm. Try your hardest not to just hang out the kids you're comfortable with, but just, for the first 20 minutes and 20 minutes after service, that's it. After that, you can do whatever you want, mm-hmm. but just those, you know, and it was still so hard, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I struggled with it too. We all did. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely resonate with, you know, it, it's hard and we all know it. Um, intellectually, I think what we should do, what we could do, but in that moment, um, you know, I think we gravitate towards comfort, mm-hmm. Um so much of it is that intentionality and that choice um you know i think coming sundays and i know it's hard you know coming sundays prepared you know Mm -hmm. coming sundays with a mindset of you know i'm not just gonna be here and you know just observe and you know i'm I'm tired as a a long saturday night i just want to kind of like 
check this box off and, you know, but kind of coming with that mindset of God, what do you want to do through me? Who do you want me to talk to? Mm -hmm. And really kind of pushing yourself uh, mm -hmm. to do that. And, and I'll be the first of them. It's easier for me, for us, because it's, it's our job, mm -hmm. right? It's part of our role. So, you know, I completely you know, understand, you know, it's not for most people mm -hmm. and, and we can't put that kind of burden on them. Yet I think that invitation, that opportunity to, um, you know, it, it really comes down to each person taking the initiative, committing to it. Um, but I think like you said, you, you know, that's quoting Nick's study is I think the more we do it, the more mm -hmm. we begin to see the benefit. Yeah. And then it, be, it creates that momentum, right? I think it's just hard to get started, like anything, like a diet plan, a workout plan, a, yeah. a study plan. Getting started is the hard part, but the more you can begin to, um, through trial and error, error, see like what works for you, what doesn't work, what's rewarding, what's, and you begin to kind of modify and tweak things. Mm -hmm. And you see, okay, this is how I connect with people. This is what I enjoy. This is what's rewarding to me. Then I think it, it becomes easier. But, you know, I mean, I think it's, it's, a challenge for us now it's always been a challenge you look through scripture and so much of paul's letters is about you know, be nice to each other yeah. encourage each other serve one another so you go okay it's like a goes all the way back right mm -hmm. as, as long as we're tempted to be comfortable mm -hmm. that's always going to be our inclination right yeah. is to lean back towards that yeah yeah that's good sometimes um i've made this commitment and i don't always remember it but I make this commitment, and sometimes I do it, is to try to talk to one or two people that I wouldn't normally talk to every Sunday. Um, mm. And so when I'm not talking to someone, sometimes it just pops into my mind. And having made that commitment kind of just helps me to move forward. I'm you know, a person who likes assignments and schedules and structure. So maybe for some people that might be helpful just to think about talking to one or two people that you don't normally talk to before you talk to your friends or during or after but just to have that little assignment in your head might be helpful. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that, Don. And I see you doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we're all different, gifting-wise, personality-wise. Uh, for some of us, it comes easier. For some, it's mm -hmm. harder. And I know you've shared before, it's not the easiest mm -hmm. thing for you. So for you to do it, I think you set a great example um, for those who have a harder time. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it is hard for me where I said it's not easy, I'm intimidated. But I do admit, I mean, it, it does come easier for mm -hmm. me. Yes. You know, when we I was in college. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for admitting. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to try to make it sound like, oh, it's so, it's so hard. Yeah. Like, I know it's, it's part of my gifting. Mm -hmm. You know, when first week at college, I went to every single dorm hall, door, literally knocked on the door. And I was like, hi, wow. I'm Eric. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah. So I do get it. And I think that's why it's great that we're all different, mm -hmm. you know, and, and to kind of be able to... Um, you know, provide suggestions, examples for people on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. And I appreciate what you do because I know it's not, yeah. it's easy. So how does that work for Friday nights, John? I mean, you're gifted too. So I appreciate the compliments for me, but <laughs> you know, that's one of John's strengths and I'm sure everybody sees that. But when it comes to your staff and, um, I know they're all over the spectrum too. How does that oftentimes work? Um, and how do you kind of motivate them to engage with the students? Yeah, I feel like youth ministry is a it's like a smaller, much cooler version of the bigger church. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we have a large youth staff, and I think we've always we've always done a very good job of being 
welcoming and I think our strength is, you know, we're loving and the kids like being there because the staff's so much fun. So you're right. I think the moment the kids start to come in, uh, we, we naturally are pretty good at welcoming them. But like you said, there's so many different strategies and so many different personalities on staff that we do that in different ways. I'm okay with staff going up to students and just talking to a few because I know that there's others that are going to talk to all of them. So I feel like we're really good at balancing, okay, if this group can reach this side and you guys go over here and all run around the whole room, we're kind of covering everyone. And it's still got that fun feel of, you know, the kids feel loved, the kids feel welcomed and in that sense, I think we're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be a good strategy for us. Huh? Like some <laughs> of you pay attention to this section, and some of you yeah. roam the whole room. <laughs> yeah, that's such yeah. a great point, though, yeah. that John made, right? Yeah. And, and what you're piggybacking off of Donna is just we don't have to do it all, mm-hmm. right? right. We can yeah. look at other people and be like, "Oh, that person does it this way, and, and John does it this way," and and to feel overwhelmed mm-hmm. or even a sense of like, "I need to do it that way," mm-hmm. but to really, like John was saying, everybody does it differently. Mm-hmm. And I think for our people to really have that permission, right? Like right. take your time, you know, walk with God in, in discovering what that looks like. Mm-hmm. We know we're created for the relationship. We know we're created as a body to value one another, but how that looks in a, in a gathering, in a corporate setting, um, or even in our own kind of what we do during the week. It's different for everybody. So to have that permission to do it the way that they're created to do it, the way that they enjoy doing it, oh, I I mean, that's huge. And Mm -hmm. as you saying that, John, I was like, yeah, I think that's what makes it hard a lot of times is when we say, like, you need to talk to people. We have a picture that automatically pops Mm -hmm. up of what we should do. And that might be who we are, but it might not be. Mm -hmm. So that permission to discover, you know what? I'm the type that I I just want to run around the room and have five-second conversations (laughs) with everybody. And that's okay. Like, there's going to be times where you need to go deep with people too, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Or somebody says, I just want to talk to one person. You know, I want to find a corner. I want to go deeper. I want to pray for that person, listen, and use the entire hour. Like, that's okay too. Yeah. Right. And I think what you just said, John, and, and what we're piggybacking off of mm-hmm. is that, yeah, that's how, you know, it's not all of us doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's each person doing it in our own unique way. So I think really wanting to, you know, it's important that we give our people and, and our people, our church feels that they have that freedom and permission to kind of discover that on their own pace. Right. And it's I think Nick mentioned it last week. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always that that fine line between like exhorting, but then like kind of at the same time, it's not at the same time coming off legalistic or you have to do it. You should. Mm-hmm. And, it's you know, I think, yeah, we're exhorting to like we need to move in this direction with this freedom and this permission to, to do it their own way. Yeah. yeah, one of the things I love seeing after service is over is um, we always meet people or talk to people really quickly during that meet and greet before the sermon and between worship and the sermon. And then when after the service, sometimes people will turn to those people and have a longer conversation. And I think that's such a great follow-up um, and an ability to meet new people because you know they're kind of new because you sit in the same place every week and these are people that haven't ever sat there before or that you've ever never talked to. So that's such a great opportunity, I think, right there just to turn to them and follow up and talk a little bit more to someone that you met really briefly. Um, and I see that happening all over the room on various weeks. Mm. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. 
and I mean, I, you know, we talk about EGRs and all those things, but and strange people <laughs> that you know we attract. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm, you know, I think we can all say we're we're proud of of mm-hmm. who we are, and and I think our church does does it does it well. And mm-hmm. obviously, we can get better, but I think the way we welcome people, um, the warmth that people feel when they're here, um, you know, it's something to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. I know at the end of your message in first service, you talked about challenging people to talk to someone new during the refreshments time. And I wasn't there at the end of second service. I don't know if you had a challenge for those people. But those two, the dynamics in first and second service is very different. Mm. Um, would Is there anything you would say to second service people? Or maybe I just missed it and you did say something specific to them on Sunday? Um, I did. I said something similar. You know, obviously we don't have that refreshment time. Yeah. You know, but just the idea of as soon as service is over, it's that same, you know, yeah. that tension and... And I would say, um, you know, it's hard for first service, but I think it's harder for second because we don't have that snack time mm-hmm. um, because there's less people. So there's bigger spaces and, and you kind of have to walk across the room or, you know, and I think it's more intimidating when there's kind of that emptiness. And if you're by yourself to walk up. So I think second is um, it's harder. So yeah. I would say um, for those at second service, um, while the challenge is still there, it's harder and and that's where right we've as a staff talked about how do we create right. those opportunities for people at second service mm-hmm. um, to be able to um, interact right mm-hmm. there's something about just getting in line for a snack grabbing yeah. that cookie going for that coffee it gives you that time mm-hmm. to find someone yeah. you know someone in line so I think first service we provide that opportunity it's a gift and even though both services are invited to it it, it lends a little bit more towards first. Mm-hmm. So the challenge really is on us, I think, to find what that might look like for second yeah. service. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, before we finish, I just wanted to go over the four practical ways to grow, to meet new people, to go deeper with people you know, to be prepared and not to be surprised at people's strangeness or weakness, and then to be open and to ask God what to do and who to meet. And I think that's been our guideline every week is just to be open to what God is doing and to how God is leading you and whatever you feel discomfort or uncomfortable with to lean into that and be open to however God might lead you in that. Um, Any other last words from either of you, John or Eric? I think the only thing that comes to mind is, um, yeah, I think that the last one, which is the theme of the series, right, mm-hmm. is just being open to what, what God wants. And I realize, you know, at the end of the day, that's the most important part, right? All these other things are practical suggestions and they're good. Um, but but God leading us is ultimately what's going to make the biggest difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, easier said than done. It's hard. But I think that's what also brings that sense of anticipation and excitement mm-hmm. is trusting that there's a God who loves us. God who wants to bless us, a God who wants to reward us, give us more joy, you know, all those things. He's the one that's leading us and inviting us into certain relationships. Mm-hmm. So if we can, you know, the more we can trust that and believe that you know, whatever God is leading, it's for our good. Um, not that it takes away the difficulty or the fear, but there's this hope, right? Mm-hmm. There's this promise that if we do it, you know, it's, it's God looking out for us too. So he wants to bless the other person that however it's going to be, but it's, it's going to be a blessing for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's the, I think th- that's what makes this exciting 
and it what makes our journey different than than anybody else's. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, no matter where you go, even a secular setting, the idea of meeting people and talking yeah. to people and getting to know people that's universal, right? You would say that in any any setting, like yeah, it'd be good to do that. Mm-hmm. But how the Holy Spirit guides us—that's right? that that missing component um, that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. That we have this God who who who's leading us, and and that's where. Um, you know, we ask the question, what's it going to look like? And how do people do it? Well, I think leaning into that is what is going to ultimately take us where God wants us to go and, and is help us to grow as individuals mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Any last thoughts, John? Ah, just that I think, yeah, stepping into the unknown, the uncomfortable mm-hmm. is really an act of faith. And I think that by doing that and continuing to do that, God will show up and he'll bless uh, those that do. Yeah, yeah, thanks. I'm glad you were here today, John. <laughs> good, yeah, good to this be was here. fun. <laughs> yeah. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> One of the phrases you used a lot, or a couple times, Eric, was that it's for our good and God's glory. I love that phrase. I, th- mm. I wrote that down. Mm. So I feel like that's a good note to end on as we think about uncomfortable people and how we're going to be open to God, to think about how it's for our good and for God's glory. So thanks, guys. Thank you, Donna. Thank you.